On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Eurot, the end of Chacht Erachor. Agus Suligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. The Left Wing is coming to the Three Olympia Theatre on Thursday, the 19th of October, 2023, with Luke Fitzgerald and Will Slattery joined by Bernard Jackman and Stephen Ferris looking ahead to the Rugby World Cup semi-finals, with Ireland potentially playing for a World Cup final place. Tickets priced from 29.90, including booking fee, and are on sale now. Go to Ticketmaster.ie for more. This is the Rugby World Cup on the Left Wing. Welcome to the left wing. Well, we are here in the sun near the Stade de Fauvet where the Ireland squad trained this morning and near where Andy Farrell uh, named his team to play New Zealand in Saturday's World Cup quarterfinal. Unchanged team, lads. So just two changes on the bench. Uh, Joe McCarthy and Jimmy O'Brien in there. Mac Hansen is in. Unchanged, but quite surprising. Um, Mac Hansen, the mood music has been fairly worried all week about what about Mac Hansen's calf and whether he wake back. We were at training here yesterday, Sinead, mm. and he wasn't there. Sorry, he was there. He was up at the back of the stand. He came down and sat in the dugout for a little while, but it looked like he wasn't going to train at all. Keith Darrell's looked like he was in the frame to play, but he's picked up an or maybe not picked up an injury, but his cat or his hamstring has not cleared up in time. Um Mac Hansen wasn't at the vision axis portion of training this morning. Um, he obviously must have done something today to convince them to put him onto the wing. But Earls has been ruled out. He's in. Jimmy O'Brien is on the bench. And it's Wednesday. It's an early team announcement this week so that the players can have a day off tomorrow. I would still have some concerns about Mac Hansen's availability for this game. Although Andy Farrell did say he's confident that he will play. He's a young man. He is obviously healing as, as he goes this week. But a, a soft tissue injury in the course of seven days between big international games is still a worry for me. Um, Jimmy O'Brien is back fit. We've just found out that he's got an injury. Now, we saw him injure his shoulder. I think it was in the first warm-up game against Italy. He played against Samoa as well. Um, but Andy Farrell said that he was carrying something for the first couple of weeks. Um, but I guess, Keen, you were making the point before we come on, even the fact that we're only finding about that now is that we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes when it comes to injuries. Um, James Ryan is the other headline. They expect him to be fit next week. They expect him, Earls, 
and Robbie Henshaw to be fit next week. Now, whether that's fit for the first round of URC action or a World Cup semi-final, in fairness to Andy Farrell, he did use the, the word if, if a few times this, yeah. as he made that answer. They weren't getting ahead of themselves. But um, no one has been sent home. Everyone's been called up. And to name an unchanged team at this stage of the tournament is, on the face of it, a very positive development. We just hope that, that Mark Hansen's uh, calf can recover get through the captain's run on Friday, get through the warm-up and get through 80 minutes against the All Blacks. Okay, well, here is Andy Farrell on that. I asked him about Mac Hansen and also uh, later, here's his answer on those uh, other injury concerns. Yeah, um, he obviously had a few things to do at the beginning of the week about his, um, his coming good and everyone's uh, very confident that um, he's going to be fine for the game. No problems. People have always got injuries and bangs and, and knocks and at the start of the week there's always, you know, is this going to turn around and some turn around a lot quicker than, than, than you would uh, uh, expect, etc. So uh, that's just rugby within uh, a general week. So, so um, that it is what it is. Um, and then as far as uh, Keith Earls is concerned, it was a little bit too quick for him this week. So he'll get back to the rehab. We're very confident that... Um, if we push on through the competition, that he'd be fit for, for next week. Uh, exactly the same with Robbie Encho, probably a little bit too soon, progressing very well, both of them. And James Ryan, um, he's out with uh, his, uh, a wrist injury that, that has been uh, sorted. We expect him as well to be fit for next week if, if uh, we're able to get that far. What a boost it would be, Keen, if Mac Hansen does start on Saturday. I think we have to take it at face value that he is going to be starting. Um, you had Mick Carney on Monday, wasn't it, was up at media and said that um, himself and James Lowe were recovering well. I know you've just touched on it there that he wasn't training yesterday, unsure of how much training he did today. But I think the quote, what Andy Farrell said there was he hit all his markers. So um, we obviously don't know what those markers are. In the past, like if and I was making this point on our video this morning, Sinead, in the past, if a player missed the first training session of the week, the big training session of the week, that was enough to, to rule him out because they wanted to have that, build that continuity throughout the week. So I suppose the benefit of Ireland going so strong throughout the tournament and they have such a settled team is that maybe you can allow for someone to miss that big training, but it's very unclear of how much work he's he's done, but we certainly have to take Andy oh, Farrell. I, I don't think they're playing silly buggers with this. They obviously think he's going to play. I just think there's, there's a lot of room they for him to... to to pull up or not make it back and because they're naming the team a bit earlier there's a lot more uh, distance to travel between now and kickoff which is probably a good thing for Mac Hansen that he's got time to, to, to get it together but um, I just worry about his you know if, if he hasn't been able to train fully until now can he get there but like I mean it will be a he's such a weapon and he's such an intelligent player and he's such a key fulcrum and I, and I do think you're, the point you're making there Keen is right this team is so settled and cohesive and I do think the rules go out the window a little bit for World Cup quarterfinal as well in terms of when you train. I don't think training is as important in this week. I think it's a lot of what Ireland are doing and they're not going to change a lot for the All Blacks is bedded down for so long. So I think that's a factor. I, I think it's one of those ones though where of course from Mac Hansen's point of view like he is going to do absolutely everything he can to get onto the pitch. And like why wouldn't he? It's the biggest game of, of his career, biggest game of most of these players' uh, career. But it's one of those ones where you hope he's honest as well with the coaches because if that calf goes, I mean, early doors and you're bringing, not even bringing Jimmy O'Brien on, but if Jimmy O'Brien has to come on, that's one sub that you're you're doing without when the 
bench is going to be so important, I think, this weekend. So I think they're going to have to be sure that Mac Hansen is going to be able to get through at least 50, 55, 60 minutes before you kind of roll the dice because it could it could easily backfire. But like Rudd says, I mean, he's so, so important. I mean, it's obviously a massive boost for, for everyone, the supporters included, to see him named in the squad. I mean, like Henshaw's obviously missing, uh, Earls, like Rudd said, uh, James Ryan. But my understanding is that James Ryan is back with the squad now. Yeah, uh, he flew flew back in yesterday. Had a procedure in Dublin. Yeah, had yeah a little procedure. We could see it on the the photo that was doing rounds and WhatsApp groups and stuff. But um, it's great that he's back already. And like Andy Farrell said, you've just touched on. They hope that he'll be back for what they hope will be a big game next weekend. So that'll be a big boost as well. This is where all the work around adversity comes in because if if Mac doesn't make it then they just slip someone else in that they, they've what done this they before. What would they do there do you think? I think Jimmy O'Brien would come on to the wing Look, yeah. he's ruled Earls and Henshaw out. Yeah. Mm. I think Earls was going to play I think Earls was down to play I think the plan this week was Earls would play um, but Earls has pulled out so they've had to get Hanson back on the pitch and that's why I'm a little bit concerned but um, Jimmy O'Brien would come in and then Stuart McCluskey would go on the to the bench. Yeah. McCluskey's unlucky. I he is very well unlucky. Last yeah. I think it's so partly down with... to the pace and also yeah. the concern. It's, it's the area the of concern. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you can't, I, I, I think if you're starting Mac Hansen, you can't really not have a winger because, okay, they ended up with Gibson Park and Ringrose on the wings last weekend, but you do not want that to happen against the All Blacks. And the pace of that midfield, when yeah. you've got, Bundy and, and McCluskey went really, really well last weekend, but I think the pace of that midfield against the All Blacks would, would struggle. I think you need to have Ringrose in that third Dean Jersey, that's a, he's a key figure in terms of your de- defensive decision making as well. So I think that's part of it as well. We should talk about Joe McCarthy. Yeah, I was as about well. to say, yeah, got ahead of uh, Ryan Baird there because we were mentioning that, mm. you know, that because Farrell mentioned him, didn't he? Big the young previous Joe. week, big young Joe. Uh, yeah, he is, big, he is young. Yeah, he's, and he's, ex- he's experienced, or sorry, he's, he's inexperienced, but I mean, he must be training the house down if he's getting a nod for this game. And Baird, you know, has has never let Ireland down when he's been included. I think they see him more as a back row now. I think okay. like he, he's been squeezed out more probably by Jack Conan than by Joe McCarthy. He's unlucky. You know, he started the Grand Slam game against England in the second row. But I mean, Keen, you've been writing with McCarthy for a while. He is a unbelievable young talent who the All Blacks probably don't know an awful lot about. Yeah, I saw something interesting during the, the game last week, um, at halftime actually of the game last week, that really struck me as being unusual and this was what we were talking about on the video as well, Sinead, this morning. This was why I kind of had a bit of a sense that he might go for Joe McCarthy because on paper, I think you would go for Ryan Baird because he's played, like Rudd said, in uh, much bigger games. But at halftime during the match last week, uh, all the players were in the dressing room. Well, from what we can tell anyways, in the, the Ireland players, and I mean the ones who weren't involved, the subs, the, the non-squad members, match day squad members, and Ryan Baird was on the sideline filling water bottles uh, down in front of the press box. And I mean, you could read too much into it, but at the time I was like, that's a bit unusual. He seemed to be the only guy who wasn't actually in the dressing room. And that made me think, okay, like if Joe McCarthy isn't in the thick of it, then maybe he is slightly nudged ahead of him. I mean, like I said, you could read too much into that, but it just struck me when I saw the team being named that that did kind of pop into my head. So yeah, Joe McCarthy is, I mean, what an athlete. I think he seems to have matured a lot since the summer tour in New Zealand last year where, look, he was a young guy. He was really eager, over eager, I would say at times to make an impression. His discipline was poor. He gave away a lot of silly penalties. And he's going to have to make sure he gets the, the pitch of that right, I think, as well, because like this is like nothing that he'll ever play. I thought he was really good in that Romania game, but this is comparing apples and oranges. I mean, an opening pool game against Romania compared to uh, a New Zealand quarterfinal. But like he is a bit of an unknown quantity for, yeah. The, yeah. for the All Blacks. And they're going to roll probably, you'd think, Sam, Sam White. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like he's coming up against the most capped All Black of all time, you know, at the same time. Same moment, you know, he'll probably be coming in for... 
maybe Ian Henderson or or certainly you know Ty Byrne or even Peter Romani if they want to move Byrne at Byrne to six, it gives them that luxury. What was that back row that started the first game? Yeah, wasn't Romani, Byrne, Romani, and and Doris. They've been prepping for this. This has been the game that they've been prepping for an awful long time. Maybe that's why they played McCarthy in that first game. Maybe that's the back, that back row combination is something we'll see this weekend. I mean, I don't see Josh come. I think Josh Flanderfair is having a brilliant tournament. And if you look at the stats, he's hitting more rooks. He's the first arriver at more rooks than... Uh, sorry, he's Ireland's most frequent first arriver at rook. He's got a really important role. Quick ball is going to be really important. But I... My fear with Ireland this week, and I mentioned a couple of times, is that fatigue factor. We asked a couple of players about it today. They have, I don't know if you saw, but Russ Petty put out stats for everyone's minutes in this tournament. More Irish players have played more high minutes in this tournament than anyone else. Joe McCarthy's coming in fresh. He's got massive energy. He's young. He's huge. He, you know, even the scrummaging in the second half, like when you're bringing on Finley Bealham, you know, I don't have concerns with Finley Bealham necessarily. I think you, you weaponize Finley Bealham if you put him um, into, into a scrum in the second half or you put him behind Dave Kilcoyne who, you know, is only getting five minutes per game. But like, you know, if, if you're trying to get after the New Zealand scrum, we'll find out tomorrow if Tyrell Omax is fit, whether they're going to be vulnerable in that area. There's a strategy behind this. I think McCarthy is built for test rugby it's just very soon in his career to be playing a World Cup quarterfinal against New Zealand. Honestly think he's but ready. this squad mentally don't seem to have the hang-ups of, the, of old. And we'll find out on Saturday, mm-hmm. but this is another suggestion that they're treating this as just another big game that they can play a guy who has four caps, who's 22, 23 years old, who wasn't even involved in Leinster's end, end of season last year, really. Um, he did play in that Munster quarter semi-final and he actually played very well that day. He gave away a couple of penalties, but he brought great energy. Was he off the bench that day? I'm trying to remember. But he he is a player that makes an impact and, and he can have an impact on Saturday if he can just get to the pitch of it. And he, I was just going to make that point. He is another one of these guys who don't have hang-ups. I mean, okay, he hasn't played against New Zealand uh, before in his career, but I mean... Like I'm working on a piece at the moment that it's actually remarkable that there's so many guys in this squad who have beaten the All Blacks more than they've lost to them. Like I, I think it's gotten it gets overlooked a little bit that the the changeover since 2019, um, because it's like Andy Farrell was still part of that coaching staff. The, the turnover of players though has been huge. Of, of course, you still have your likes of Peter O'Mahony or Johnny Sexton, Connor Murray, all these guys. But like off the top of my head, you've got Hugo Keane and Caelan Doris, Dan Shee and Ronan Kelleher. Now you have Joe McCarthy, you've Jimmy O'Brien, and to me, like their energy and fearlessness is going to be really important this week because you'll have guys like Sexton. Oh man, he'll be able to bring them down and like let them know like what it's like to play in these games, you know. Whereas they can also say, well, you know, we haven't lost in a World Cup quarterfinal before. We've beaten the, the All Blacks the whole time, and not in an arrogant way whatsoever. That's the reality of the the situation that the the Ireland squad are in at the moment. And I think that balance is what gives me more optimism than than in the past that you have those experienced guys and the, the younger guys who. They just don't know what it's like to lose, really. Like, 17 games in a row. I mean, a lot of them are coming from a Leinster setup where they've been really successful. You look at the Munster guys winning the URC. More, like su- more successful more recently, Yeah, like could there's, argue. There's huge, huge momentum within this Ireland squad, and there's definitely a sense. Um, we, we've spoke to Conor Murray there as well, and I, I, I had to kind of laugh to myself because, Rod, you'll remember this... Um, almost this time four years ago when we were in Tokyo ahead of the quarterfinals and Conor Murray delivered this like he is I was just he's chatting, an exceptional speaker yeah I was just chatting yeah. to one of our colleagues there about it he is a brilliant brilliant talker mm-hmm. like really really intuitive like it's hardly a surprise really is he something yeah I give you something but in 2019 after he did his press conference I was like all in on that you know this is Ireland's time but it feels a little more measured but yeah. also there's a 
bigger body of work to suggest that this weekend yeah. can be done. Well, the body of work four years ago was done. It was just done a year early. Mm. They felt like they were yeah. they were going on fumes at that that point. And uh, like I remember being convinced by Johnny and Conor Murray in the build up, and then going, "Hang on a second, it's just not there." And I I, I did tip New Zealand to win it. I didn't expect the no show that we got, but I did I did think that just New Zealand were timing their run much, much better. Um, sorry, my phone keeps falling down. And, uh, I hope it's okay because it's been, uh, we, I expect to have a few more weeks to, to go with this World Cup. Um, so do we. Funny, I spoke to Steve Hansen this morning for a piece that, that yes. we're running later in the week, you know, the coach that day and, you know, he spoke that day about the experience that Ireland had had and it kept getting referenced that Ireland have loads and loads of experience, but it's not good experience. It's experience of losing quarterfinals. And look, there are players there who have been through this before. You know, Conor Murray, Johnny Sexton, oh, he didn't play in 15, but there's a number of players who go back to 11. Um, I don't think that experience is going to be as relevant this week and he doesn't either. I think he, he, Steve Hansen sees the difference in this Irish team that won that he knew four years ago was beginning it wasn't even just beginning to doubt itself and we're going to have interesting stuff from Johnny Sexton later in the pod Andy Farrell in tomorrow's papers about the mental challenge and how they feel more ready Johnny talking about and we're going to hear it now it's on a, a spoiler alert but uh, Johnny talking about how um, when he was growing up he never uh, dreamed of Ireland winning a World Cup because it was never a plausible reality he's only a couple of years old, younger than me like if you think of the World Cups that Johnny Sexton remembers growing up you're talking about 95 you're talking about 99 going out before the before the um the, 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 the quarterfinals even began with that Argentina defeating Lons. You're talking about 2003 when they got it, they ran Australia close but tanked against France in that quarterfinal. 07, you know, he was coming through as a player in 07. 07 was a disaster, didn't get out of the pool. You know, this is Ireland's rugby experience. But these young players, the Keane's talking about, the Joe McCarthy's, don't really know much about that. We do, we are coming into this quarterfinal on the back of record defeats at quarterfinals to Argentina in 15 and 19. And for all the caveats about injuries, they underperformed against Argentina. They should have been better that day. And 19, they just didn't show up. I don't think this team will no-show this week. I think we will get a performance. If it's enough, will that be enough to beat the All Blacks? Certainly all the New Zealanders I've been listening to this week seem to think so. I thought Justin Marshall in last night's pod was very convincing when it came to Ireland winning the game. Yeah, so that's what they want there is a difference. To, they, like, to I don't think he's the, playing a game. I don't, I don't really think so. I think it was interesting yesterday. There was so many little nuggets in the, the All Blacks press conference and it was only kind of when I was listening back through it. Aaron Smith made a comment um, to a question about, you know, the tour last year and like he sang Ireland's praises that you know he agreed that they're the benchmark but he just made it like a subtle remark but this is a World Cup yeah. like it felt pointed they yeah. still believe that you I know they're talking themselves up it's talking themselves into something I think they're like Ireland four years ago I think they I thought I the, they've gone with a much different strategy in terms of the World Cup they've had to because of the way the, the fixtures um, rolled out and they've built themselves up through three games that they've won really well now Italy were poor, but New Zealand were very good that day. But com compared to the games that Ireland have been through, they don't know. They're, they're much less certain about their performance levels. Ireland know from the last two games that they can get to the pitch and they can throw everything at this. And look, if they walk, if they if they lose to a 90, an 81st minute Richie Mwanga drop goal, then you shake hands, you leave. It's the performance but that, 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 you, that I, I want to see on Saturday. I think New Zealand are less certain about it. Like, we know they can deliver it. We know they're very good players and they're, they can be a very good team. And the first test is a major warning. But yeah. I, when I listen to them, I, I, it reminded me they're of Ireland four years ago. Yeah. It's not talking themselves up. It's talking themselves into, into a performance. Whereas yeah. Ireland, I think, know where they're at going into this game. They've lost their last two big games, really. I know we've spoken about it. They just came off the plane in London when they played the Twickenham against South Africa. But that was like a humiliation no matter what way you look at it they lost comfortably enough to, to France you'd have to say and then they've just 
non-events since then. So I know you're slightly concerned, Rod, about the fatigue factor. Uh, and I do Only get Only slightly. And I think they're managing the week much better. And yeah. that's what they tomorrow. needed to do. It's not yeah. a disaster, but, you know, but I, I would definitely take Ireland's position in terms of having that. Now, th- th- we could be sitting doing our pod afterwards and Ireland are out on their feet after 50 minutes. I just don't see that happening. And I would rather, when you look back and particularly the last two World Cups, even though 2015 was a bit mad because of all the injuries, but I just admire the way Ireland have gone after it. They've recognised how important momentum is. They recognise how important finishing top of the pool is. And now they've doubled down on having such a settled team, which has to count for yeah. something. Oh, no doubt they're ticking every box as they go along. Um, You mentioned there the Johnny Sexton clip. Let's just hear from him now and how he feels things have changed since when he was a kid. Like trying to win a World Cup, it's something to go and get. It's not something that puts pressure on me. Um, It's something that you dream of. Um, Probably not as a kid because when we were kids, we didn't dream of Ireland winning a World Cup uh, where we, I suppose, we put ourselves in a position now to to go and do that. but it's something to go and get. It's not something to be pressured about. And I haven't thought about my own career, to be honest. I'll think about it more when I when I finish. Um, but, you know, it's all geared up towards a, a massive game on Saturday. Massive challenge for this team, the biggest we faced. And uh, we're looking forward to it. I think we got a glimpse into how Andy Farrell deals with adversity as well in that press conference. It was a bit of, fu- of a funny press conference. <laughs> that no one else will care about this, but there were audio issues. There were camera operators at the back of the press conference room because it was a full room. There was loads of journalists well, from New Zealand. And uh, yeah, there was a bit of an audio there, issue. There was a bit of humanity like in the way that they dealt with it. Like I thought Johnny Sexton was getting really annoyed with the fact that his mic kept popping. I thought he was going to throw it off the wall at one point. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he was looking at the press officer, giving him uh, the kind of look that he gives you when you, get, when you don't catch his pass. Was, um, <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Peter Breen was getting that. And then Andy Farrell just stepped in and goes, Well, I just, what do you think, guys? Will I get rid of this? Yeah. And everyone kind of nodded. Hear, yeah, yeah, let's hear from Andy now and how he kind of dealt with it. Do you think we should turn this off? Yeah. <laughs> should, should I make that decision? Yeah. <laughs> so is this off as well? No, just be fans. There's interference. If you like Holden, you can. Know? If you like Holden, you can. I do like Holden. <laughs> Again, the jokes and everything. I mean, this it, is just Andy Farland. But even listening to the way Johnny Sexton answered that question, and we had a lot of questions from New Zealand journalists. There's no New Zealand media today. It meant the entire New Zealand press pack pretty much, apart from, I didn't see the Herald there, but pretty much everyone else came along and and there was a lot of questions with New Zealand accents and a lot of kind of pointed ones about the rivalry and stuff. And I thought the way Johnny Sexton handled that, that particular one was really interesting and deep and relaxed and calm. And I think it maybe gave a window into the way Andy Farrell is framing the week in terms of why Ireland are ready to do it this time. That in the past, Irish teams couldn't handle this week, that they couldn't handle the pressure that, as Johnny Sexton said, they didn't truly believe because they'd grown up seeing failure. Um, they have to prove it. We, we can't you know, get ahead of ourselves. They could. Saturday could be an absolute disaster. It could be all talk. But everything we've seen them do, you know, as they go through this almost a record 17-game, certainly an Irish record 17-game winning streak, doing what they did in New Zealand, all of that stuff does count for something this week. And, and it does feel different and I get a very relaxed sense and you get also get a little window into the dynamic between Sexton and Farrell and the co-managers they're, they're real there. they're real um, double act because usually it's um, Andy Farrell who's kind of slagging Johnny at the top table just like whatever funny little bits but this time it was Johnny Sexton <laughs> I think I what did he say you love the microphone love don't you Mike, and yeah. Andy Farrell said I do actually yeah. <laughs> we got the guitar out like, yeah like but it is I mean you know I, I don't want to like look back to previous years but we've been in enough press conferences that all three of us I mean that's the kind of thing that would have driven the previous head coach absolutely 
bananas. Whereas, yeah. like, Annie Farrell just kind of laughed it off and, like, Do you remember know, there was a typo on the, the team sheet? Yes, I there remember. Was t- there was a typo. I think it was... I can't remember what it was. It was Peter Manny who was an apostrophe missing or something and he just looked at he the press He made such officer. a big deal of it. He made he? such a big deal. He humiliated this poor guy and that was kind of the high high tension, high stakes yeah. kind of environment. We like You could feed off the energy that like the energy was in the room whereas like Johnny was getting really annoyed today. Farrell wasn't happy either because in fairness, it's a World Cup quarterfinal. The audio should work in the press conference um, and the, that affects, doesn't affect, like sorry, we get the stuff anyway but it affects the kind of their the enjoyment the of it, of it and, yeah. and that sort of stuff and they were getting distracted but Farrell diffused it Diffuse, very yeah. very well took control of the situation small thing not a factor of Saturday we're not trying to overplay huge it. adversity uh, <laughs> but look the guy's able to think on his feet he's able to just take command of a room it showed a bit of the charisma that you can see yeah. um, himself and Gary Keegan I think are working overtime this week and he even talked about the fact that he's working with Gary Keegan mm. and yeah. he's questioning himself and making sure that he's getting things right through this tournament because it would be easy to sail out of the Stade de France with zombie in your earphones and or singing on the bus and think everything's perfect. But they're not doing that either. Um, they keep, keep saying that they need to get better. And it's not just on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well. And that's why you can probably hear from us. I think everyone's feeling good about this weekend in terms of the Irish performance. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, just a little earlier today, I spoke with former Ulster uh, flanker Sean Reedy. He won two caps for Ireland under Joe Schmidt. And uh, he was born New Zealand, qualified to play for Ireland through his Kerry born grandfather. Grandfather, oh, he's a ba- Kerry connection. It is now. Castle oh, Gregory, isn't it? <laughs> it is Castle Gregory, yeah. Um, but he's back in in Auckland now. So spoke to him a little earlier about what the vibe is like in New Zealand ahead of this weekend's game. Well, first of all, Sean, how has life been since you moved uh, back to New Zealand? Yeah, it's been a bit of an adjustment. To be uh, honest with you, uh, we're pretty settled in, in Belfast and in Northern Ireland there, so. Um, no, nah, it's taken a little bit of adjusting, but we've been back home about a year now, um, and it's been cool just connecting with sort of friends and family that we haven't really in a while, and just seeing my, I've got a, just had another boy, so I've got two boys now, and seeing my boy run around with his cousins, it's uh, pretty special. And you're still playing? Yes, I'm still playing. So we just um, we just finished our NPC season last week. Um, so yeah, I had the opportunity to captain. Uh, my province last last uh, last season, which is pretty cool. There's a lot of talent coming through, so we're just trying to uh, put the processes in place to help that talent, talent uh, flourish here. So it's, it's been cool. And you won two caps with Ireland. What do those caps mean to you, Sean? Obviously, your your grandfather's from Kerry. Yes, correct. Yes, correct. Uh, it was a shock, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> for because. Um, yeah, like my first season at Ulster, obviously I didn't get that many that many minutes. I maybe played seven or eight games, but then uh, my my second season, I got a bit of luck swing my way and and got my opportunity to go tour to South Africa, which was which is awesome. Um, toured with a lot of cool cool guys and, and, and um, got to experience experience what life on tour is pretty intense, you know, um, especially down in South Africa, um, some pretty hostile places. So uh, no, it was a real opener, but it was geez, it was awesome. I'm grateful for the opportunity. And are you sure you said you were surprised and grateful? Like once you got a taste of it, would you have liked more? Oh, 100%. Everyone says they would. I just, just I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I fully understand. There's quite a few years where I was playing some pretty good rugby there, but um, yeah, like back row in Ireland, it's for well, the whole team really, but especially the back row for, is uh, extremely strong. There's a lot of lot of talent there. Um you know, Manny, Josh Vanderflair, Sean O'Brien was around there with East Slip, you know, so I could grab a lot probably 
eight, nine names who are, who are pretty household names at international level, so it's pretty tough to break into. And what is the mood like in New Zealand now leading up to this World Cup quarterfinal? Yeah, it's a funny one, to be honest to you, um, because I don't feel like everyone's talking about rugby as much as they, as they as previous World Cups, you know. I think everyone's not, the expectations aren't as high maybe as, as, um, as previous World Cups, um, because, you know, I remember being back here for the 2011 World Cup, and it's obviously it was here, but it's all you'd hear, everyone, you're down at the coffee shop, it's everyone, everyone would uh, talk about, but yeah, look, I think, the All Blacks know that it's going to be a tough game. There's a big challenge ahead of them. Um, but, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Is there the same kind of certainty and confidence in this All Blacks team as there would have been in the past? After, I suppose, especially after Ireland beat them in this series last year. Yeah, well, it's, 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 I'm not in camp, so I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. But, look, everyone knows strength Ireland are possessing at the moment. The um, got a team who are uh, pretty well seasoned now and, and played a lot of minutes together. Um, so, yeah, I think All Blacks will realise the challenge that's ahead of them. Um, I think the pack is pretty going to be pretty good up front. Ireland have a pretty strong pack. So, I think if, if you like to Adi Sarver, Sam Kane, and Chris Allard, if they turn it on, it's gonna we're going to be in for a, a real doozer of a game. <laughs> Do you think the All Blacks will? go after the Irish line-out. It, it did go well last time against Scotland, but was a bit shaky at the start against South Africa. Oh, 100% every team. Yeah, that's, I'd say they're key line-out leaders. That will be their focus this week. Because if you can disrupt set pieces, scrum or your line-out, then that's at least five or ten minutes you don't have to um, defend, you know. You can get the ball back faster. You can put them on a lot more pressure. So it's actually an easy way if you can really uh, put a lot of emphasis on on uh, disrupting that line-out, just not even taking the line-out, but giving them poor quality ball. It goes a long way to, um, to you being on the front foot. Yeah, and I suppose after Ireland beat New Zealand last year, is there a new kind of found respect, do you feel, in New Zealand for, for the Irish rugby team? Oh, I think the respect's always been there. You wouldn't believe how many Irish people live in New Zealand or uh, from Irish descent. I was just down at it. Irish Business Association um, um, talk last week and it was just awesome to see all the people that have come over here and made lives lives for themselves. So um, I think the respect's always been there because a lot of us Kiwis come from uh, have family members or, or have migrated out to New Zealand over the, over the little last while. So, um, but yeah, I think on the rugby field, the respect's definitely there now. Um, so I don't think the All Blacks will be taking this one lightly. Um, and it's a, it's a quarterfinal. Anything can happen, can't it? Yeah, of course. And um, we know Ireland's history in, in when it comes to World Cup finals, quarterfinals. You mentioned the back row there. Um, have you been impressed with how the Irish back row has gone in this tournament? Oh, 100%. I've been impressed the last few years, to be honest with you. I just think they click quite well together uh, and they complement each other quite well. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, but to be honest, I've been pretty impressed with the pack as a whole. Um, like they're really setting the platform for the backs to do some um, dangerous stuff out wide. Um, if the pack's not going forward, then um, the backline Bundy Aki and those guys can't crash onto the ball and get the go forward that they want. It's a lot tougher, you know. So it starts up front, and I think they've been, done a pretty good job so far. But um, 
yeah, I think the All Blacks uh, will try and negate that a little bit. And your old Ulster teammate, Ian Henderson, he started against Scotland and he's become such a leader in this Irish team, hasn't he? Oh, 100%. Hendy's always been a leader, you know. Um, ever since I've known him, he's been one people to look to for inspiration or or uh, motivation or help or whatever that may be. So it's awesome to see um, people actually recognising that. Um, yeah, you know, it's awesome to see a few... I'm actually pretty close friends with um, Rob Herring and Stu McCusker as well. So it's awesome to see them in the squad and, and doing some pretty awesome stuff as well. So, um, nah, it's, it's cool to see. So what way do you see going this weekend? Oh, personally, I believe Ireland will uh, win. I think it'll be a tight game, to be honest with you. Um, probably 12 and under. Um, like all quarterfinals are, not many of them blow out. So... Um, but I'm confident Ireland's, you know, um, they've got the firepower there. They've got, they've got the uh, pack up front, and, and I think if, if they do a job up front, then the backs can really light it up and, and get things going. So, um, yeah, I've got no doubt. I think Ireland will win this. Keen, you were just saying to us there a lot more um, journalists from New Zealand covering this compared to when you covered the tour last year. Like, I don't have the data to, to sum it up or anything, but I was struck last summer by, um, like, how few kind of journalists were, were on the beat for what was such a, a huge tour. Um, now, we know there's, there's been loads of, like, different cutbacks and things like that but it was such a small press back pack but yesterday when we went to the All Backs press conference there was people working there and maybe they've just gotten jobs since but I didn't see them covering the tour like I'm, I'm saying this by the way in a brilliantly positive way um, and I suppose the way we all kind of rocked up to the All Blacks presser yesterday they did the same today but you can see I mean you, you get a sense of it you've, been, you've both been there um, the, the New Zealand media are, are different in that I think Conor Murray was the one who touched on it that they're they're, they're just they're, they're they're harsher they're heavier when Ireland lost the third test um sorry when Ireland won the third test it was front page news it was back page news uh, two days after um they'd won so like there's a huge huge deal like I mean even I was talking to one particular um New Zealand journalist and I was saying you know are you going to go to the the South Africa France game on Sunday and he's kind of like mm, well a lot depends on what happens on Saturday because if Ireland win like it will be meltdown situation back in New Zealand. I mean, for all that Ireland won the tour, if New Zealand were to be knocked out at a World Cup quarterfinal, and didn't someone ask at the press conference yesterday? He said statistically they would You'd be, be the, the worst All Black team. Yeah, a like, direct question to all three people at the yeah, press conference. In you, fairness, they answered it. Yeah. They did because they're like they. I actually watched. I signed up for their their uh, their home their their channel last night because they've done a documentary about the 2022 season and it starts with the Ireland tour and then it goes to how they bounce back in, in a sense and it's kind of behind the scenes it's all it's made by NZR I think with Ruby Pass but it's it's not bad but it, um, but the one thing that shone through was the pressure and and yeah. just knowing the, even the way Ian Foster talks about this the the the, the privilege of being an All Blacks coach but what it means and when it goes wrong and even talking to Steve Hansen this morning he was like. You know, I don't want to give the piece away, but he was kind of talking about that chokers tag that he talked about with Ireland last year. He goes, when we were losing games, people call us chokers, and we were, because that's what that that's what New Zealand expects of his team. And, and Ireland are getting a flavour of that now because the Irish media. I don't think the whole thing is set up really for the level of interest there is back home. I think that, that I think Ireland need to kind of almost get an L Blacks mentality to the way they're 
they're uh, approaching this thing. It's the biggest story. Yeah. I, like it's bigger than the budget. Like it's it's like you know, the number of people coming to their press conferences. Even the stuff earlier on that wouldn't happen in all black stuff. They're used to being the front runners. They're used to being the center of attention. If England go out next uh, at the weekend and Ireland are still here, there's going to be a hundred people at the press conference next week. It's going to be huge, and that's what comes. It's you know questions from all sorts from all countries of the world. When you're the front runner, people are sniping at you from the side, like Razi Erasmus and Ian Foster. It's all part of it. Ireland have to learn to deal with it not just the team and the management, every part of the RFU, because suddenly you are the big deal and this is the only show in town this autumn. Yeah, well, up with the big boys now as well, as, uh, as Andy Farrell said today. Um, just before we go, uh, the Left Wing Live Show coming to the Three Olympia Theatre on the 19th of October. Go to ticketmaster.ie for more details. We are going to head to New Zealand uh, Team Hotel tomorrow. That's where we're going to be doing our podcast from. They're naming their team at 7 o'clock French time. Yeah, is that six right? Irish tomorrow. Yes. So they're almost the last possible um, moment, which I think is more in keeping with their deadline or sorry, their their time zones rather than the fact that they're waiting till the last available time. But gives uh, Lomax extra time as well to, to prove. So you're not kind of yeah. sure you know. if he will start. Well, I, I was just I was chatting to I obviously have absolutely no insight into the fitness of Terry Lomax. Um only that I was talking to Kiwi journalists, but um they were less convinced um of Jason Ryan's kind of positive I mean it, it doesn't just happen in Ireland, you know, everyone oh, yeah. every kind of coach does it. They were just making a point that like it was a medial knee ligament and His that, second like, one in a row as yeah, well. Yeah and it's a very short turnaround so um look he'd be a huge boost if he's in the team but certainly the Kiwi journalists who I was speaking to were less convinced that he's going to be fit. He's not a household name but he is one of the people that that um Ian Foster has brought in to bolster that's like their tight five was destroyed by Ireland in the last in the series. Maybe it destroyed a bit strong but it was dominated by Ireland. Him and Ethan the group the two props have been brought in. They made a big difference to this team. I think he played in the, the Mary games um last summer but the uh he will be a big loss because you're back to the players that, that played in that series who have a lot of scar tissue and one of the big shifts that they've made in the time since will be gone. So that will be a big factor. Our colleagues there looking over at Harry us. Harry Murphy from Sportsfile who's got the best cash in the business. Big, big and Mary Kinsley well. taking a picture. See you in a while, lads. Um, so obviously Friday, lads, is going to be a big one as well. Captain's run, there is no training. There's no media on Thursday. They kind of did a lot more stuff today. And I suppose then that's when we'll see uh, Mac again that we want to see him obviously on the pitch um, yeah. on the, for the All captain's run on Friday. Captain's run, I think yeah. it's 10 o'clock on, on uh, 9 o'clock Irish time. We'll get the, we'll get the next update. We'll be out there. Keen will be keeping his ear to the ground. Yeah. I will do. Yeah, absolutely. As always. As always. Uh, so we'll be back uh, tomorrow evening. We will come to you from the New Zealand Team Hotel after they name their team on Thursday tomorrow. The Left Wing is coming to the Three Olympia Theatre on Thursday, the 19th of October 2023, with Luke Fitzgerald and Will Slattery joined by Bernard Jackman and Stephen Ferris looking ahead to the Rugby World Cup semi finals, with Ireland potentially playing for a World Cup final place. Tickets priced from $29.90, including booking fee, and are on sale now. Go to ticketmaster.ie for more. Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.